0: Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. Remember when you were young and thought your life would unfold in a straight line? And then you got older and realized the line zigs and zags and zigs and zags, and that zigging and zagging is okay, it's acceptable, it's, you know, it's normal. And then came March 2020, and the zigs and zags started looking more like the panicked peaks and valleys of an EKG monitor right before somebody flatlines at the end of a movie. COVID rolled into town and shook us all. Many of us no longer know which way is up. When I say many, I mean me. Our lives are morphing and transitioning in unimaginable ways, which is why I'm so excited about our guest today. I'm joined by Dr. Brooke Peacott, a licensed clinical psychologist and an expert in life transitions. She is going to help us think through how to be more resilient and adaptable to better manage life's transitions and curveballs. Welcome, Brooke. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so, Brooke, every January I sit down and I write a vision, and I do it every single year, and I write out a vision for how I want my year to go, what professional and personal accomplishments I'm, I'm committing to. And I did it this year, and I was really excited. I turned 50, and, and it felt important for me to really clarify what I wanted out of this next phase of my career, this next phase of my life. And and then COVID happened, and my vision for 2020, you know, went out the window. My emotions have been all over the map this time, like way
1: all over. Is that normal? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me just start by saying I think that's a wonderful exercise to do um, throughout your life, to look forward, to make plans, to set intentions. And guess what? Sometimes they aren't possible given unpredictable circumstances. Um, And certainly we are going through some very unpredictable, disturbing, alarming circumstances. But your reaction is entirely normal. And I think it's very healthy to express them. Um, I think one of the things a lot of people have been most surprised by is the anxiety they're feeling. It's something they've never experienced to this extent before. Um, And we often react to anxiety and fear by pretending it's not there.
0: Totally. I I, I so relate to that. And I, I honestly feel like I, I spend too much time on Instagram and I look at all these memes of people encouraging us to be resilient and make banana bread and, you know, hashtag blessed. And sometimes I'm like, yes, like, you know, everything, everyone in my life is healthy. I need to focus on the good stuff. And then at times I'm like down in the valley of like depression and thinking, you know, when is this going to be over? And, and it, it, you know, when am I going to get back to my, my old life? And I'm beginning to think that, you know, my old life is not, I can't return to it because so much has right, changed. Right. Why is change so hard
1: for people? Well, I think it becomes hard when we don't feel prepared, when we don't, see the roadmap before us. And we uh, don't have a plan that we've sort of settled on. Um, It's the unpredictability um, and the fear around that. And I think um, what I like to tell my patients in dealing with life in general is it's important to reframe how you feel about those anxious feelings instead of saying what's wrong with me I don't have the coping skills I didn't plan for this I don't feel ready I think it's important to put your arm around your fears and and the anxiety and and make friends with it and by that I mean start having a dialogue with yourself saying you know what are you worried about what are your fears I think people need to look at it as an alarm system that is there for you to, uh, it's there to protect you. And um, you need to pay attention to it and not be afraid of it, but say, okay, what, 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 is, what are these butterflies in my stomach about? Um, what are my fears? What are my worries? You know, what, what do I think I might not succeed at? And then, you know, work on it.
0: Yeah, I love that way that you said it's like an alarm system, because I was thinking a little bit about uh, the analogy of like, AAA. A, you know? Is there something, I use a AAA A car when I run into car trouble. And I feel good knowing it's in my wallet. You know, is there something that we can put in our mental wallet to remind ourselves to, like, you know, calm the F down when things run off the rails that we could just
1: access when we need it? Well, I think we all know when we start to panic, uh, we don't deal as well as we'd like to deal. Um, So it gets in the way. And I... I remind myself, you know, things are going to play out the way they're going to play out, whether or not I have a heart attack about it. You know, so, <laughs> so true. you know, I mean, things are life marches on. And so I can complain, freak out, avoid whatever you need to do. But at the same time, it's it's all things are going to happen with or without me. So I might as well just realize, what, well, you know, there are things I can do. What works for me to get through this? And it's it varies from person to person.
0: Absolutely. So I, I think it's so smart to work with a therapist to start to figure out what your, you know, individual and unique uh, concerns are, and to work on like that toolkit that you need. Right. I had read when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, you you wrote something that really caught my eye, and it said very often. People enter therapy believing they have set traits or characteristics that determine what is possible for their future, and that really resonated with me because if you feel like at one point in my life I felt very Katie, you know I'm Katie yes. now, but I read an article in my 30s where they talked about how your your personality evolves, and I remember feeling upset because I was like <laughs> I like who I am. What right. do you mean? Like I I, I want to remain Katie at 30, but it's true you you do right. evolve. So. Talk to talk us a little bit about uh, why it's important to know that you're not a fixed set of you know traits or experiences and what it means to be open to
1: change. Right. Um, I love this question because I think, um, you know, if the, I'm thinking right now of um, Gloria Steinem's book from many years ago called A Revolution from Within. And in it, she talks about how, we are many selves. We are, are, you know, you think of that Katie in her 20s and you, you know, you look back and think, oh, I wish I could have told her. It will all be okay. What, look at all that I've learned. Look at all that I've done since I was in my 20s. Um, so you've had so many different selves. You have one true voice, one set of values, you know, all of that's constant. But we keep learning and growing and evolving with experience, with new relationships, with new jobs, with um you know, our education, and that's a wonderful thing. So think of it as a cake with just many, many layers we're just adding on.
0: I love the idea that that you could be like a layer cake. First of all, that sounds so delicious. <laughs> but I also think that, you know, you'd said that your values don't necessarily change. And for me, I feel like they have a little bit. Not that, you know, my maybe my core essence is the same. Sure. But as I've learned new things about the world, about um, climate change, about the Black Lives Matter movement, and I've right. had to sort of question some of the things that I thought to be absolute truths. And I've had to kind of uh take my set of values and learn how to like better apply them given the the better information I have and, and the, the sure, sort of yes. richer experience that I've lived through. Do you find that your patients struggle with that type of change or have
1: you struggled with that type of change in your own life? Um I think I wouldn't call it struggling, but I think, you know, as I said earlier and you look when you look back to Katie in her twenties, do you you have compassion, and you you feel supportive. And I feel like with with life experience, we are, you know our minds become more open and more flexible. And we recognize where we might have had a certain set of beliefs because we didn't have the experience 15, sure. 20 years ago. Now we you know things resonate on a deeper level. When you have children, when you've got a spouse, when you have a friend who's struggling with something, and you've watched them go through it, I think it changes who you are. Absolutely. I love the idea that we can be flexible because I think that one of the sort of
0: really tired, you know, stereotypes about people getting older is that they're rigid and inflexible and they're set yes. in their ways. Because we all, we've all, we all heard that trope before. But the idea that you are more flexible because of your experience, I mean, you're pulling from different um experiences that you've had in your professional life, and your personal life. You've interacted with more people. You've seen more of the world. And I love the idea that it can make you feel uh, more nimble and flexible. And and
1: less judgmental. I I think, you know, I remember being in my 20s and I was on the subway and a mother's child was screaming, crying. And I thought, what horrible mother. She's not comforting this child. You know, what what a terrible scene to watch. I felt terrible for the child. Later on, four kids later, after having, you know, Toddlers go through difficult periods, I realized, you know, the mom was doing the best she could. You know, she she wasn't necessarily being abusive, and the child wasn't scarred for life. And, you know, we see these little snippets of other people's lives, and, um, you know, we often make judgments. But I think when you go through things and you go through life, you realize, I, I can't so quickly judge others.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's a great example, too. And, and that woman could have actually been making the decision— to not give the situation oxygen. You know, sometimes when you interact with kids, we've all had that experience too, where you have to ignore the child because that's the right thing to do to make sure they're not getting the positive feedback for the negative. So it's like that idea of snippets. Yes, And I feel like uh, we live in a world of snippets today, right? We have tweets, which are small snippets of thought, and we have Instagram, which are small snapshots of um, generally perfection. So... How do you keep your own mental health when you're looking at what looks like snippets of other people's success and highlight reels?
1: I think that's a great question. Um, it's something a lot of certainly adolescents struggle with because they're. Are...
0: I'm fifty and I struggle <laughs> with it. <laughs> Let's right. be, I get on Instagram. I'm like, look at these women. Sure. They're like, right, but hot I exercise I feel girls. Like it's
1: magnified for um, for younger people who are still forming their identity and asking the questions, who am I? What do I represent? What do people think of when they see me? What do they identify me with? Um, I think uh, that's where trying to put that stuff away comes into play. I think um, what's most important is – kind of looking inward and asking yourself who you are, not looking to compare yourself to images you see on social media, um, but more really trying to find your own uh, set of truths, your own intention, your plans, your your own creativity. All of that comes from looking inside. Um, We can certainly be inspired, and I think that's A nice thing when we can look at someone and say, wow, I love that they were able to do that. That makes me want to do that. That's great. So I think, you know, there can be some positives to looking at snippets of other people's lives. But um, I think the, the real important work comes from looking inward and saying, you know, what, what, Excites me. What uh, what I love to see myself doing. What do I feel energized about and passionate about? And um, and trying to really answer those questions because that's going to lead you to a place you need to be.
0: Absolutely. And I think as we get older, we 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 have learned that lesson. We have learned over the years that we really need to be our own cheerleader and and right. bang our own drum and and you know um you know you do you and just try to figure out what that is right. but it can be challenging when people reach a, a certain age you know people start to think you know you're starting to run out a t- little bit of time, maybe, or mm-hmm. you haven't gotten exactly where you want to be in your career, or you're wondering what's next. What's the, is there different advice that you would be giving to a patient in their 20s than you would be giving to them in their 50s? Or is it the same? Are you still coaching people to, um, to
1: use the same tools? I would say, I mean, there's certainly differences and and different sets of fears at different stages in life. But for the most part, I feel as if I'm I'm approaching it the same way with them, which is to try to be honest with themselves about who they are and think about – what they'd like to be doing versus, you know, what they feel their parents or their friends or their spouse or other people feel that they should be doing. That's a difficult thing for people. I think we are so difficult, so tuned into what others think of us and expect from us. And it requires an effort to try to put that out of our minds and ask ourselves, is this really what I want to be studying? Is this really the person I want to be married to, even though everybody thinks he's so – Wonderful, Wonderful. Um, you know these types of things. It's it's looking inward and really trying to access. Um, you know, is this going to make me happy? Because I feel like if you can access that, you will be successful. You will work hard. If you can find the thing that really makes you want to jump out of bed, um, you'll be fine.
0: Right. Like, it's it's that I talked about it in the beginning. That notion of the straight line that you march on, and I think that. Until you start to see the zigs and zags and diverging from what other people expect from you, right. you can march yourself right into a very unhappy life where you've become maybe you know a lawyer or you're married yes. to the right person or you're living in the right town or making, doing all the quote unquote right things, but maybe yes. not ever having taken the time to ask yourself like, is this what I want? Is this what lights me up? Yes. And I think I think that's why. This age demographic, you know, turning 50, you know, becoming a little bit older can feel so fraught for people because, you know, they're looking at – a, you know, more limited time ahead, so you got to like, if not now, when? So people really yes. need to get in action. So how how can we help the younger people in our lives like figure this out a little bit faster? Because I know you you mentioned you have four children. I have three. They range from nineteen, seventeen, and thirteen. Your kids are similar in age. Right. Uh, how can we? give our kids the tools to, like, become more resilient faster? And even if you're not a parent, you often work with younger people. Maybe you're mentoring and leading a team of of young directs. You know, how can we help people get these tools of resiliency and self-discovery quicker than we did?
1: I don't know if we can help them get it more quickly. I feel like everybody's living at their own pace. And yeah. um, some people have the ability to bounce back more quickly than others. But I think... In t- In terms of, you know, parenting or um, modeling for younger people, I think it's important to let them know, you know, you you chose to do this, law school, whatever. Start working in a law firm around the clock. You're obviously miserable, and that's okay. You know, you can change your mind now. Um, It's not too late. Don't spend the next five, ten years feeling like I need to make this work. I need to try to get this into alignment. So I'm really people happy People get with very it.
0: attached to their stories and their right. lives, right? They feel like it has to be this way.
1: Right, right.
0: And the, the notion of changing your mind is so um, grown up, you know, it's, yes. you realize you, it doesn't have to be perfect. So I think when you're young, there's this whole notion of perfection that people strive for. And the notion of mistaking and failing fast and moving on is really a difficult one to absorb. Sure. Because it means getting off that line that you been marching
1: along on and if as parents and um mentors we we let people know the younger people who are changing their mind good for you that's wonderful not what went wrong why, yeah, can't, why can't you be happy i love us? that um, but it's like hey teach me how to do that <laughs> yes no i think i think <laughs> Brooke, um
0: brick how old are you
1: i am 51 years old
0: 51. and how does it how does it feel to say your age out loud
1: It feels unusual because nobody (laughs) asks me that. It's like being asked your weight or your bank account, right? Right? And I don't have a scale. I like to avoid all numbers.
0: Brooke and I actually went to uh, uh, elementary school together, middle school, I guess I should say, and right. we were in math class. we were in several math <laughs> class together, and we had this like running joke that you do not want to see us do math and oh, you don't want to see true. us balance a check. and we like we're we're, we're anti-number. <laughs> we're definitely anti-number. <laughs> you know, but I love yes. that you said it because I feel it's very difficult for people to own their age. and it's um, why?
1: Why do you think? Well, I think it relates to what we were just talking about, sort of the idea that I should be at this place at this time in my life. And I think when we shed ourselves um, of that, um, it's, you know, what do I have to, to, you know, be ashamed of? I'm 51, I'm healthy, I've got four kids, and I'm, you know, enjoying my life. There's nothing to feel badly about, but I do feel that. Often people think I don't look the way I feel like I should look at this age. I haven't accomplished what I feel. Oh my gosh. I have Everyone's got that
0: mirror shock when you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa. Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> my fixed image is
0: the V of twenty six, so like every morning I'm like, Whoa, not not quite. Uh, right. Not quite. But yeah, I think society really, like all the messaging that you get, although you've seen a bit of a shift in the way women are presented in uh, advertising today. You know, Dove, which has yes. taken on different body sizes, you're seeing greater diversity representation. And, you know, hopefully the the message that turning 50 like getting that AARP card doesn't mean you're like shuffling off the mortal coil. Like right, there, there right. is still life to live. Yes. Speaking and of life, I wanted to just switch gears for a minute. Uh, I know that you are making a big change in your own life. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? And then sure. maybe some of the tools that you're using to make it feel comfortable.
1: Right. Okay. So, um, I am closing down my private practice and moving to London in a couple of weeks with uh, my husband and one of our four children, our youngest. Um, So that's a huge, huge life change um, because we've been in New York for many, many years. um, And... For the most part, you know, cl- cl- with all of our children. I mean, they're going to school here and sure. there. But um so our family is sort of separating. We're leaving two boys uh, in school in the states. One daughter's going to school in Scotland, and our youngest will be with us. So that's huge. Just the family piece of it. Then, you know, not g- not working because having your job work.
0: is a big part of your identity. How how do you feel about? So, not having that is a core pillar of who you are. Well, to be honest, I feel kind of excited about it.
1: <laughs> you're allowed to be <laughs> um, because people are excited to retire. I well, don't know if you're it, retiring, but you're no. at least taking a pause. I'm definitely taking a pause and I'm planning on looking around saying, you know, what excites me, what sure. what would what I love next? to be doing. Um to be honest, I've looked into um photography schools and painting and cooking and I just think I could have a, a lot of fun exploring these different interests. Um, but I guess I giggled thinking, you know, I should say, well, I I have a plan. Because earlier, didn't I say it's great to have a plan? Well, my plan is to not have a plan. And that is very much ingrained in my personality. I am one of those people who doesn't really like to have too firm of a plan. I like the idea that there's room for spontaneity. Um, and my husband is completely the opposite. So it's, it's funny how, you know, when when quarantine hit and all all this happened. The plans went out the windows. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think f- plans for a lot of people went out the window and a lot of people panicked about it. But part of me was like, oh, this is this works for me. I don't have to run around a lot and do things I don't really want to be doing that are just on my schedule. Um, so a lot of the quarantining and family time, that worked for me. Um, so, so great. Because
0: sometimes I think people aren't... Like, You know, willing to acknowledge that because we live in this like hustle culture, like, you know, hashtag hustle harder, you know, work, work, work. And and it's um, it doesn't not everyone is motivated or different times of your life. You might be ready for a different kind of chapter. And that's something that is I think that people probably struggle with. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you think there's a gender divide with that where, you know, men are more interested in having their identity be tied closely to work and women have multi, you know, facets that interest them? Or is that even just a gendered assumption
1: on my part? Well, I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's something people would say seems true, but it's imposed by society and cultural norms and not necessarily ingrained in our gender. Brooke, I know you've had a
0: 20-year practice of coaching people through different types of life transitions, students looking for work, people uh, struggling in their marriage, people looking for career change... Uh, I wanted to ask you if you could do a quick speed round of coaching for me Mm -hmm. on something that I'm struggling with right now. Sure, I can try. All right, let's do it. So thank you for saying yes, by the way, when I put you onto the spot. You are a good (laughs) friend. So I have launched this podcast a certain age, and I'm super excited about it. I, I can't wait to talk to all these amazing women. But my inner voice is also saying to me, you know, other people are doing this, and maybe they're more experienced in doing it better. And I really, you know, I'm going back and forth between like, yay, I'm so excited, and also like, what am I thinking?
1: How can I like be more, yay, I'm so excited, consistently? Well, I think, first off, by expressing that, that feeling, um, you're allowing yourself to ask yourself, you know, what? What made me decide to do this despite the fact that other people are doing podcasts? Clearly, a part of me felt I had something to say. I have something to offer. I'm going to do it in my own way. Um, So a nice exercise might be to jot down – what you plan to give, what you plan to bring to it that other people have not done yet, the things that excite you. Going back to what we were talking about before, when you when you set the intention to do this, something about doing this really excited you. And the more that you can sort of harness that, understand it, um, bring it to your work every day, the the better it will feel.
0: I love that because I actually in my – I'm definitely going to do that, that exercise because in my – Other work life, I have a a day job running a consultancy called the Reboot Group. I keep a document, a Word doc of wins. When a client sends me like a glowing email or if I've heard somebody say something good, I put it in this document and I actually look at it when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling like, oh my God, you know, because we all, those peaks and valleys, we all go through them. So it's so great to have that reminder um, about when I succeeded. Absolutely, to see me through those sort of darker days, and even though I don't have yet the successes with this, I can remind myself of my excitement. Like if I have a running list of like why I want to do this, yes. on the days when I don't feel like doing this, I can right. you know, I can check back in with it and have it be a guide that keeps me back on track. Thank exactly, you.
1: and I think you know it's important that it will have come from you. It's it's wonderful to have accolades from other people to get that affirmation, but I think if you can access what it was that made you want to do this and really kind of water that plant so to speak. right Now that's so smart. because
0: I like I do feel like that that uh, you know old like Catholic schoolgirl gold star kind of you know lens sometimes sure. <laughs> to doing no, I think things it's, where you're like the validation is external but we really helps. need to have, definitely we helps. need to have the internal
1: reminders right we need because to, like, I think that's more long lasting honestly I think that's what will drive you further.
0: Yeah, I love that. I hope our listeners take that on as well for the things that you're struggling in your in your life. Just reminders about why you're doing what you do because it can keep you on track. Rick, right. we're, we're nearing the end of our time here, and you've shared so many wonderful uh, suggestions with our listeners. Is there a, a resource that you want to make sure that you leave people with before we wrap?
1: Um, so in thinking about what we've discussed, I think um the idea of trying to hone in on um, your your passion, your intentions um, for yourself versus what other people expect from you. I think some interesting reading that might help bolster that. Is that. Um, exploration would be uh, The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. He wrote it a long, long time ago, but it's one that was really meaningful for me in my life. And um, and The Artist's Way, which is another Ooh, book I've heard of from that. a long time ago. I believe uh, Julia Cameron wrote it. But it's a wonderful exercise to help you access your inner creativity, your inner voice, um, to help you discover things that you might not have known you're interested in doing. And since we're um, sort of
0: still sheltering in place to a degree, this is a great time to unleash yes. your creativity and, and work on those projects that maybe got backburnered when life was like at, running at a crazier pace.
1: Right. Brooke,
0: thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show and you have amazing women in your life, and I know that you do because you did not make it to 50 without fabulous female friends, please spread the word. You could also help us grow by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, and visit us at www.acertainagepod.com for show notes and bonus content. Do you have a story of reinvention after 50? We'd love a chance to feature it. Head to acertainagepod.com to share your one minute story with our listeners. Special thanks to Michael Mancini Music, who composed and produced our theme song. See you next time, and until then, age boldly, beauties.